It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dort Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keith. Very special episode. Joined by, of course, Ryan Davey. It's a Dorktober miracle. You thought you were going to hear a phone call. How no. spooky. How macabre. No. No. In studio. As in is studio. Uncle Bach. It's a three-man weave. Once again, we're back. Oh, I'm loving it. This is fantastic. How we, we, we just need proton packs and we can go out and seriously. do our thing. I think so. I think, I think this is really good. Now, uh, last week, if you haven't heard it yet, go back and check the archives. Top 50 horror movies. We did 50 through 31. I thought it was a pretty uh, smooth listen, if I do say so myself. You can go back. We'll recap those in just a moment. Uh, but guys, we are going to have very brief uh, this week in Dork. There's a couple of bit of uh, Dork news and notes that we need to get to, so let's kick it off that way. This week in Dork. Yeah. This, I think, really fits in with hashtag Dorktober very well. Did you see the New Mutants trailer? I did, and I tweeted out something very um, not it was unkind. not friendly. It was unkind a little bit. It was unkind. I was unkind. Um, and I think I, I was telling you before we did this that I think the problem I'm having with it is that these fringe properties that Marvel is like pushing now with like Inhumans and the Gifted and now the New Mutants, I'm I'm very weary of these. things. I, I don't know how I feel about them. And this one, like you said, it looks like a horror movie. It looks like comic book horror movie. Yeah, I actually was more optimistic in the idea that they're going a different direction. I really didn't want to see X-Men First Class again, which right. is kind of what I thought they would present with the, with a new Mutants movie. So I'm more hopeful than I was if I had seen something that looked a little bit more like that. I do. I like this. And I'm with you. It's been hit or miss. You know, they, Guardians of the Galaxy, I never would have thought would have been awesome. Legion, I never would have thought would have been awesome. And I know we're getting into different studios, but just the idea of characters that aren't X-Men, Avengers... Or Spider Man, right? Well, you know, if it's if it's anybody outside of that, you're you're taking a bit of a leap. This had a different kind of vibe to it, though. And Arya Stark is in it, and Jonathan Byers from Stranger Things is in it. Yeah. So, could Good be cast. a pretty interesting cast. And it looks like we've never seen like a fleshed out Arkham Asylum in movies yet. And this had like an Arkham Asylum feel to it to me. Yeah, like things coming through the walls, like yeah, that, it whole, that whole thing. Right. And it, it yeah, look right. that doesn't look like your your run of the mill yeah, state the, hospital. The exploding washing machine or dryer, whatever the hell right. that was. Uh, and then the other bit of news uh, as it relates to just sort of Marvel in general is the Gambit movie. Gambit, starring Channing Tatum, has a release date: Valentine's Day, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Do you believe right. it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. I'm calling Probably bullshit. Not. We've not. heard this for what? I'm not even kidding. Like years. Five years. 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 Five years they've been teasing release dates for this thing. So you're not, we're not going to see Gambit. No. no. I, I, no. I will, hot take, we will not see a Gambit movie. Dave, Davey's hot chili hot take this week is no Gambit movie. No Gambit movie and, you know, shame on them for having us believe that there was going to be one Gambit. with that dreamboat Channing oh, Tatum. What can he not do? A New Orleans native, if I'm correct. New Orleans. Would, yeah. he, would would make sense. It would make sense. It would have made, and you know what? He's getting. He's got to be pushing forty, right? Sure. Yeah. Probably. You think? Well, Gambit always seemed like kind of on the older side of the. He, he seemed like he'd been around for a while, like type of guy before he was discovered by the X Men. Buck, do you think the Thieves Guild? Do you think yes. Gambit Buck. should have his own movie? I think. Uh, I think Fox is looking at this, going, "Really, what else can we pick out of this?" And Gambit makes a lot of sense because you said it yourself, Guardians of the Galaxy. It was a complete nothing property. They turned yeah. it into a monster. So Gambit already has a following. Yep. 
that I mean, it makes sense to try and do something with it. What did you think of Taylor Kitsch's performance as Gambit in X-Men Origins Wolverine? Uh, I think he... Not terrible. Tim Riggins, Tim Riggins is not a great actor. How dare you I'm, suggest I'm just saying, such a I, thing? I, but I thought gonna... he won a, an Emmy. Did he? For, no, probably no, not. Not no. even close. He. Um, what about when it was raining and you're like, is he, he's not crying, but it was raining and he was out there. He had a, no sleeves. Yeah. And he was out there in the mud. You didn't think that was some good acting? Oh, man, that's always good. When the hair's in his face. Oh, you know, He God, looks best damn. when he's wet. He you was real I mean? wet. Yeah. yeah. And um, But... As Gambit, though, eh. not great. I think he was only in the movie for what, like fifteen minutes? Yeah, not long. And he was better than Deadpool. Obviously, not Ryan Reynolds' not Ryan fault, Reynolds, as yeah. we we've later yeah. seen. But so th- there's the news and notes: uh, New Mutants and Gambit. As we said, an abbreviated edition of this week in Dork. But guess what's back for the second consecutive week? You're never gonna believe this. Money bugs. <laughs> Money bugs. <laughs> Money bugs. <laughs> Here to talk about comics. <laughs> talk about comics. DC. And I'm here to talk about comics. Independent labels. So talk about comics. My name is Butts. Let's talk about them. I have to go change my shorts. Is he saying butts, though? I I'm feel like you guys had a comic guy named Butts, and he quit, and you're like, ah, it sounds close enough. Butts. Put it in there. <laughs> Put it in was, there. was there someone in here named Butts? Seymour Butts? Is there a Seymour <laughs> Butts? It's still funny. Uh... No, that is the the comic minute theme song, which I have to admit is longer than any other <laughs> open that we have, and we have a ton of them. And, and we, it's, it's longer than the goddamn show open. And not only that, but like you can't, people listening can't see it, but we were all oh, stone groove into that, like bobbing heads and like <laughs> eyes closed and all that stuff. So it was, that's smooth, good stuff. Yeah. Thanks it's again, a- Marcus from the Boxers Podcast. But what do you got this week? Box? You can get that on iTunes, by the way. <laughs> um, there's been some. Uh, Backlash here uh, on the DC front. A lot of people upset with the Mr. Oz uh, storyline, the Oz effect in Superman. Uh, turned out, spoiler alert, it is uh, Jor-El, Superman's father's alive. Everyone's really kind of bummed out. Uh, they, a lot of people were expecting it to be Ozymandias because that would have made sense with everything that's going on. Right. So uh, DC getting a little flack there. Uh, over on the Marvel side, Dan Slott is still doing Amazing Spider-Man, wow. and I'm still waiting for him to stop. <laughs> um, he's been doing it since 2008, and I've hated it ever since. It's only um, been nine years. But his <laughs> latest run, as they're kind of reintroducing this legacy line, okay. is uh, it appears that this, uh, you know, Peter Parker's made all this money or whatever. He's built this, like, Stark Tech type of empire. Yeah. It looks like it's starting to head for a downfall. So hopefully that will not only mean we'll get Peter back to the way he used to be, but Dan Slott will be out. Um, the hottest book right now on the planet is Spider-Gwen 16, the 1 in 50 Dave Johnson variant. Just had a confirmed selling of eighteen hundred dollars in near mint. And what is going on? Like all of, Spider-Man. I feel like all of a sudden, like being a lifelong Spider-Man fan, and then uh, literally out of nowhere, like Spider Gwen bursts onto the scene, and now people are enjoying that more than any other Spider-Man property in Marvel. Like, what is with that? Yeah, no, I, I think. Uh, well, first of all, I think a lot of it has to do with the real Spider-Man fans are are not happy with the Dan Slot okay. you know, take. Right. I mean, the Spider-Man numbers are used to always be through the roof. Now they're way, way down. Um, but this variant is just, it's kind of taking everyone by storm. It's, a, it's not even that great of a variant. But right now you can get them on eBay for around $1,300 if you're looking Jesus to spend Christ. that on a 1 in 50. Um, and speaking of New Mutants, I just thought it'd be worth mentioning since there is movie news of a trailer now. Um, you know, the, the, the key books of first uh, New Mutants for, uh, for our listeners out there. Obviously, the, the Marvel graphic novel number 4 and 82 was the first appearance. That book's going for about $600. Uh, uh, latest sale about a week ago near mint, $600, uh, which is actually down from earlier news 
when it was going for seven to eight hundred dollars. Some people argue Amazing Heroes 16 was their first appearance. There was a, a Legion first appearance in issue 26. Uh, issue 87 had Cable's first appearance. Cable still going strong. That book's still steady around five hundred dollars. Um, Deadpool's first appearance is obviously the biggest New Mutants book, uh, issue 98. That's going for around 700 in Near Mint, which is crazy because they printed so many of them. But again, it's the yeah. Near Mint versus like the 9-6. Yeah. And then the final issue, issue 100, was uh, the first uh, X-Force. So that's one to look out for at your you local think, comic shops. Thank you, Buck. Is there any appearance or reference to Deadpool in the New Mutants movie? It's a Fox property. It's not out yeah. of the question. Right. You could, and yeah. it makes sense, New Mutants, right? And then maybe that's sort of lead, a blended sort of X-Force movie. So that's what I was thinking. So, like, right. with, with Deadpool 2, with him being with Domino and with Cable, yeah. do they start, like, all right, we're going to basically recruit. pick our own, re- recruit our own team, and yeah. then you weave New Mutants into an X-Force movie? Yeah, I don't see why not. There's, like, so, that nice little dovetail there. So like, so that's pretty interesting, too. That you, So New Mutants debuted Deadpool, Legion, and Cable? Cable, yeah. That's a good run. That's hot. Well, no, and that's only a hundred issue series yeah. too. Um, but no, yeah, yeah. So New Mutants is kind of known for that. They also had some really dark covers too. So to si- find some of those mid, yeah. uh, mid range um, books in high grade is difficult. So a lot of collectors really are, are having like a hard it. time with yeah. that. Thank we should get song. a Grifter movie, who's basically Deadpool with better hair. Yeah, right? yeah, I like Grifter. Yeah, and then now also, he's got an interesting story. Yeah. yeah, he was in Wildcats, right? He was right. in Image, and then then DC's like, we'll take him. We don't want any <laughs> know, brother yeah. shit, right? Jim but we'll, like, we'll take right. Grifter. Yeah, we'll yeah. take him. And then they then the new Fifty Two launched. They gave him his own book. I don't think it sold did, though. Did squat, yeah. Which is too bad because he always. Well, this is the story of Image. They would have these amazing covers, yeah. And yeah. then you'd read it, and you're like, well, that's no story. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, right. what happened there? You're like, well, did you see the cover? Rob Liefeld in his lot of pockets. Um, but uh, and just I've been ke- keeping an eye on with the Gambit news. Uh, X Men two sixty six. Where has that gone in price? Uh, it's still in the mid to low three hundreds for a nine eight. Mm. It was up over four hundred last year when uh, you know there was other news going on with the uh, potential Gambit. So that's the comic book minute. That is a great comic book minute. And uh, let's get on to the top. The reason why we're here is the topic du jour, Ryan. Which I'm dying to know what you th- what you think that is, Richard. That is the topic of the day. And, of course, today it is Top 50 Horror Movies 30 through 11. Quick recap. Again, I urge you, if you haven't listened to it yet, go back. Last week's, it was 50 through 31. And what I would also say is, as we get higher up on the list, and particularly next week's episode, which will be Top 10, you probably know which movies are going to be. You just don't know what the order is. Whereas 50 through 31, I think there's a lot of room for debate. There's a lot of room for, oh, I wonder what movies these guys liked enough to, to crack the list. So here's just real quick the recap. Uh, number 50, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. 49, The Devil's Rejects. 48, Sinister. 47, Candyman. 46, Dawn of the Dead, the uh, original, although shout out to the remake. 45, Get Out. 44, House on Haunted Hill original 43 green room 42 don't breathe 41 frankenstein 40 creep 39 session 9 38 frailty 37 the descent 36 last house on the left original 35 the mist 34 insidious 33 reanimator 32 the orphanage and 31 saw and to kick us off right now with number 30 is ryan davies so number 30 number 30 How's that? It was pretty good, right? In stu- I couldn't do it over the phone, but in studio. That was good. That was, the, that was really my favorite part 
Uh, there was a lot of good parts, Buck, in the top 100 guy movies, but yeah, my favorite right. part might have been the different ways you guys would say the it's, numbers. It's good when you have professional voice actors that that in the studio to help. Yes. But I feel like what Ryan I, was right next to me when he's doing liver? it. That's fantastic. That was spot on. That was spot on. So I feel like I'm, I can I'm, almost touch him. I love, I'm the only non-professional in the room. That's I get all right. No, I get it. You're uh, a professional. Uh, kind of a new kid on the block, but something that I, I saw and definitely enjoyed, um, the, the Duke, as I call him, the Babadook, or the Babadook, an Australian film. Um, centering around a mother and her young child and her um, uh, the circumstances in which they live. The mother is severely depressed after the death, the death of her husband on the night her son was born. Right. They were in a car accident. And then um, the, the child is exhibiting some odd behavior, as children are wont to do in horror movies, and the mother is not exactly dealing with it in a very constructive way. Uh, and not only that, but the, still dealing with the death of her husband. So what you have is a movie that is essentially an allegory for grief. Um, and I found myself, more than any other horror movie, giving people my explanation of what the ending of this movie means. Um, because there, I make people watch this when they see it, and like, holy shit, that's really scary. Um, the creature itself, the Babadook, yes. uh, it comes in the form of a book, a children's book, which, again, is another horror movie trope that... Uh, that they somehow do creatively, and it kind of works here, because the book kind of shows up out of nowhere um, on the kid's shelf. Um, so it's just a really cool movie. And like I said, just the, the big metaphors, like how you deal with grief. And at the end, they seem to have kept this monster at bay. But lo and behold, it's living in the basement, and uh, they have to bring it worms and dirt to feed it, to sustain it. Ugh. Basically, like any wild animal that you keep, you know, you, if you keep it fed, it won't be that bad. So the idea being that grief, uh, you have to pay attention to it a couple. Like, don't ignore it, don't pretend it's not there, and then it won't get out of control. So that's that, and it and it's a very uh, kind of a cool way of showing that. Yeah, I, I like the way it ended that because I felt like it it resolved the film uh, resolved itself in a better way than just the simple they were able to get rid of it type right. of thing or in some sort of a hint that maybe it's still out there. You know that these people are going to have to deal with this the rest of, rest of their lives, mm-hmm. um, and I like the way that it was the storybook kind of like a really creepy storybook and just the entire way it was filmed uh, was really really well done. And a nice fresh take on something like that. Excellent. Uh, okay, so for number 29, another kind of newer, uh, fresher take on horror, 2014's It Follows. It Follows. <laughs> um, this this uh, uh, movie takes place in Detroit, which I think we're noticing that Detroit's been on some hard times. Yeah, it has. And, and, and so Detroit is a good backdrop of this because um, you see a teen girl named Jay. Uh, she lives in kind of, I don't know, a lower middle class neighborhood, um, and she goes out with a guy she's been dating, and they end up having sex in the back of his car. Uh he then immediately chloroforms her, which you know unnerves you in the fact that she's basically now being kidnapped. But it turns out he's just doing this because he has to keep her, stop her, and talk to her about what she's about to go through. He then you know ties her up, puts her in like an abandoned building, and explains to her that he's basically contracted her with uh, you know it's a metaphor for an STD, right? But uh, nobody ever tells you you know what you should do to what creams you should use afterwards <laughs> um but he was nice enough to do this and he basically yeah. explains that something will be following you and it will no one else will be able to see it except for somebody else who has contracted this and uh it is going to try and kill you um and it's and, like what michael myers type follows too, exactly right? like, like a very steady plotting it's like just, it's not running you don't know running. where it's coming from but right. it's just slowly going and what you're going to do you want to go to do the to the local apothecary and get a nice salve Yes, a nice yeah. ointment. I think so. <laughs> yeah, that should help you. Two I just wanted to work in the word salve and ointment. <laughs> you did. Two of my yeah, perfectly, perfectly. 
So the creature can show up as either somebody you know or somebody completely random. It's not always the greatest at being able to wear clothes. Like at one point, it's a naked yeah. man standing on a roof, a little off putting alone. <laughs> That's him. Right. Yeah, there That's he is. Oh, yeah, he's over there. That doesn't check out. That's right. Yeah. So, so, uh, but while you're watching this, immediately it's running through your head. Well, how would I deal with this? And you're like, I'll fly to the exact other side of the country and then, you know, I'll time the thing and I'll know how long it's going to take. I mean, there's things that you think as you're watching this of how you get to defeat this, but it was a very unique. Uh, you know how you defeat it? Orgy. I bet that well, thing would be confused. Right, you know. where, where do you go? Where do you turn? Wouldn't you go straight to like Orgy. the cat house in in, out in, in Nevada and sure. just you know, a prostitute immediately? And then she's gonna have a guy two hours later. Next right. problem solved. And right. don't think right. they try to do that in the movie. Like well, they... so she ends up trying to give it to it because her friends are seeing how yep. tortured she is, and she gives it to a friend, and then he ends up getting murdered within like you know five minutes. He's, right. he's so that's slam, the other. So. Uh, let's say hypothetically you played this out where you were twenty people removed, right? Yep. And that thing kills number twenty. Then it goes to nineteen. Like yeah. eventually, you're well, still back on the, the list. Well, that's the thing is right? that you end up going back. You're still it reverts there. Back. It's yeah. kind of like a, you know a draft pick that didn't get used correctly. It's <laughs> going to revert back to the previous team. So um, that's the the big struggle here is that this guy not only passes it along, but it keeps keeps kind of coming back to him. And uh, now people are getting murdered in horrible, horrible ways. But it's definitely entertaining. New original type of horror. It yeah. follows, and one of the worst, the worst, I would say the only problem I had with this movie was the scene where they're they're this big climactic scene where they're going to kill this thing. Yeah, and they do that by having the girl Jay in a pool. It's an abandoned pool that's somehow chlorinated and still yeah. full. Yeah, and nice and clean, nice and clean with and spotlights underneath. The exactly. electricity's working, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get it in there. And then we're gonna throw a toaster in there with it." Like, no. and I, I watched it with the commentary, and the director was like, "Yeah, it's supposed to be stupid." Like, it's oh, okay. supposed to be, it was. like, these kids have no idea what they're doing. And, and if they're you, just like, and if right. you, After you filmed this, you went, ooh, that's kind of dumb. Of course you would say, it's supposed to be stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what you're going to say. Right. Like, of course it is. Yeah. I was playing that I way. knew that. Of course I did. Uh, this is one where I liked the idea a lot more, maybe, than even the execution. Right. Like, I, I, I thought it was not super scary. And I get this is top 50 horror movies. It's not necessarily top 50 scariest movies. Um, but this was another one of those ones where just so original. Yeah, like, we hadn't really seen. Anything I think like that the the biggest, uh, the coolest part of it for me as somebody who's seen a lot of horror movies is that when I was constantly watching the entire screen mm-hmm. to see somebody walking in the distance, is that guy coming at yeah, you? That's so cool. You, you just you kept your eyes open the entire film, which is great. Uh, and th- as we mentioned before, I think on the last episode, just a reminder: spoilers for all of this. We're going to spend each. On each movie, probably only three minutes or so. So if there's a movie that you have not seen, you want to go back and see, you can just fast forward a little bit. So number 28. Number 28 um, we have is, and a movie that I saw recently again uh, is Seven. Now this one, it, it skirts a little bit of whether or not this is a horror movie or if it's a psychological thriller or like a horror movie, but there are definite horror elements in it. Um, some jump scares and things like that. But I think the people at the table will agree with me right now that in terms of movies... On this list, not horror movies, but this is one of the best movies on the list. I love this movie, and I think it qualifies into a, a lot of different genres. I do consider it a horror movie, though, because of how scary some of the parts are. And just this villain is such a particular type yeah. of villain that I think he falls into the horror villain. And it's it's crazy to me. Like, I watched it, and this movie is, like, 20 years old at this point. Yeah, so. which is crazy to think about, because it, it still seems like a relatively new movie in my and head. It, yeah, 22, I think, right? And it ages really well, because you could see this yeah. movie taking place now, and it have it, you don't have to remake this movie. Right. It's, no. Hollywood, you don't have to, because They it's, will. You just, you they know, will. But, like, uh, young Brad Pitt is great in this movie. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, I think, was, like, 20 yeah. when she made this movie. She looked and really an un- young. Unknown yeah. at the time, really. And, yeah. miraculously, more than that, 
Morgan Freeman looks the same age today <laughs> as he did when he made. He was same old guy. when he made this old, movie. He was retiring. Remember, he was like yeah, a retiring. Yeah, yeah. Cop. Was, yeah was like the Danny thing. Glover of this movie. I'm um, too damn old for this. Yeah, but a, a movie that is like Fincher directed. I think it's like off the charts on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. But just how good this movie is in terms of story and in terms of payoff at the end. Now we, everyone makes jokes about it now, but like when you first saw it, you're like, I remember seeing it and being like, I don't know. 14 yeah. and being like holy shit what's in the what's, what's in, in the box? and i'm be like what is it it's like awesome. what is it because you see yeah. morgan freeman is just so calm the entire movie and then he like freaks out when he sees it he's shook yeah you could yeah. tell yeah and kevin spacey i mean oh, he's, he's so terrific good. too yeah unbelievable so and then when you watch it multiple viewings like you, you pick up on some of the stuff that was left there yeah. before that you could have seen and it's it's a great crime uh, story, like a detective story. Like, there's so many movies that involve detectives, right. but this is such a kind of a whodunit, but then the, the motives behind it and what he is doing and the, and the type of killer he is. Yeah, but the idea of the seven deadly sins is what he uses to kill right. each right. one of these guys. So one guy literally eats himself to death, and it's just this giant Crazy. fat guy, and you realize he's been doing this for uh, probably a year or longer. He's a right. long time. So, uh, yeah, the thought process behind the serial killer is what I think makes this one of the better serial killer horror movies. I love it. Uh, number 27. Audition. This movie came out in 1999. A widower takes an offer to screen girls at a special audition, arranged for him by a friend to find him a new wife. The one he fancies is not who she appears to be after all. This is legendary Japanese director Takeshi Mike, who has done a lot of... (laughs) Takeshi Mike. Takeshi Mike. (laughs) He's done a lot of these uh, crazy horror movies. For my money, this is the best Japanese horror movie. There's a lot of them. You know, people might say the the Ringu, like the one that inspired the Ring, but I think this one audition absolutely is. Uh, I think I think this was one of the ones, Davey, that we did last year for horror movies that you may not have seen or ones you may have missed. Yeah. And I played a cut from Rob Zombie. Uh, he was talking about this movie, saying how it just creeped him out. Like, it creeped out Rob Zombie. <laughs> and I just love it because it's definitely not what you think it's going to be. You have these guys, uh, you know, and they're doing this audition – and they're they're getting like a, a woman, and he's gonna talk to these women. He's a little reluctant to do it, but he's he's sitting there watching them, and you're thinking, all right, okay, like he's gonna take advantage of these girls, or he's gonna pull a Harvey Weinstein on yeah. them. Like it's gonna be something Ooh, like that. Topical. But but even in Super even topical. in Japanese, you're watching, yeah, right? You're watching them, and they're having fun with it. You just it just seems like two buddies, two buddies just taking advantage of their. Situation come on, you gotta here. do this. He's like, I don't know if I can do this. He's yeah. like, no, come on, come on. And like we we bring them in, and this girl comes across as just so innocent yep. and you the, the the stuff that she ends up pulling off i mean this is pre hostile it's pre saw movies it's pre all that stuff like the the torture porn stuff i just think we don't have a lot of female villains on this list or even good female villains anywhere and she is just off the charts like the, the- that's what's worth watching this movie is just to see the lead character and just what she's capable of. Yeah, the scene where she's sitting in the apartment by the phone waiting and just mm. kind of waiting and then it kind of pans back and you see like this duffel bag and it pans back and then the duffel bag moves. You jump out oh of your seat. Oh my god. You yeah. jump out of your seat and you cuz you realize in a split second this girl just took matters into her own hands. Yes. And so subtitles of course, but it's fine. In this movie you, you won't you you'll be won't even really notice though. So no, that's number 27. All right, number 26. Uh, this is uh, Friday the 13th, the original from the original. Ni- 1980. Um, this was the first uh, camp slasher fic, uh, flick. Fic or flick. Uh, it is, you know, Camp Crystal Lake. Um, you know, the story goes, a legend of a boy named Jason drowned in the lake. And, uh, you know, as they're opening the camp, these counselors keep getting kind of knocked off one by one. And spoiler alert, 
Uh, it turns out to be the mother of Jason that's been taking them out. And you find out uh, about this later as she does the whole monologue about how nobody, you know, they were too busy having sex to watch yeah, my boy, yeah. and that's why he drowned. Um, the final scare in this movie is one of the greats in all of movies, not even just horror movies, because it is so shocking and so scary and so out of nowhere when you see Jason come up out of the, you know, it's the only scene he's in the entire movie. He comes up right. out of the water, grabs the girl, and pulls her down, and the, the way the music plays and everything else, and uh, it's just absolutely terrifying. And then he goes to the girl, she's in the hospital bed, and where's the, the boy Jason and whatever, when there was no boy Jason, you know? Yeah. Um, so well done. At that point, however, I think the reason why it only made number 26 is, is twofold. First of all, it's it's a long, it's like two hours, and it's kind of slow and yeah. boring. And there are points towards the end where the main uh, female uh, character who's being chased around by Mrs. Myers, uh, not Mrs. Myers, uh, Mrs. Voorhees, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is like she escapes her, and then like she's like, uh, like takes a breath, and Mrs. Voorhees kind of comes up and talks to her again, and then she escapes again. Like It yeah, just takes weird. too long to kind of uh, to go through the motions. And um, the second thing is that really, when you think about Friday the 13th, it's almost all about everything that happened after this movie. Jason right. only makes the one small appearance. He doesn't have the hockey mask that's so legendary until uh, uh, part three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for that reason, I, th- I don't think it can be ranked as high as some of the classics uh, that, that we're going to get to. That maybe sure. also did yeah. some of the similar things. But it's definitely worthy of being up in the top 26, I think. Yes. And personally speaking, I think what you said, which you, which you were like talking about too, I think what – takes me away from Friday the 13th is a little bit of the oversaturation of the market. Uh, yeah. What are there, like nine of these? Twelve. Or twelve. Yeah. There's twelve, if you count the remake. If you count the remake. And Freddy vs. Tw- Jason, there's twelve. Yeah, so uh, for me, I mean, three, I think I, I was widely agreed that three is the best out of all of these movies. Yep. With, they call it the final chapter, but <laughs> Whoops. lo and behold, Whoops. there was, was that nine the, movies was, after was that. Was that one 3D, though? No, was it, no, no, that was the one with uh, Tommy Jarvis and... Uh, Corey Feldman. Because they did have one no. that was 3D. It was great. Then they did that. I think the final chapter might be, was that four or five? I mean, that's the thing, though. There's yeah. been there's, so many. There's there's been they so kind of, they all See, blend I think, together. I think this still might be the best movie, but it doesn't have the best character from the whole franchise. Exactly. So right. it's, it's so confusing. I think Pamela Voorhees, though, is a good villain. But in pop culture, if somebody says Friday the 13th to you, they immediately think Jason. Right. You're like, well, yeah. no, he's not even in the movie, really. Although you do get a young Kevin Bacon young Kevin. in his yeah. debut there. Uh, but I think it deserves to be on there. Friday the 13th, it is so synonymous. And it is one of the big three in horror villains with, well, with Michael, Freddy, and Jason. Well, and now you mentioned Kevin Bacon. So it, actually, he was in Animal House two years earlier than this. Oh, right, right, which right. Which was his. But, right. but what was funny was, I and I, legend goes, that he was like, just around set, and it was like, oh, what are you guys up to? And they put him in the movie. Put him in. So you talk about the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like, this is one that, you know, and then you can't tie anyone else to, though. Right. <laughs> then the Pamela Voorhees, the famous thing, is the actress who was like an older actress, obviously, at the time. She didn't want to be in it. She thought it was stupid, but she needed money to buy a new car. So she's like, yeah, I'll do this stupid movie. And then she's like. And now she's at all the horror And like, she's not that. in shit else. Like, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah. like her, her most popular role. All right, number 25. So now we're getting into our top 25 horror movies of all time. This is shockingly low to me. This is <laughs> I knew we were gonna maybe get to this. my favorite horror movie. I had it, I think, number two on my list. That is Scream. So one of you sons of bitches didn't put this on your list. I don't know who it was. I don't need to know who it was. But I'm very upset, Davey. It was me. You didn't put it on the goddamn <laughs> list. I'm like, yeah, I think I had it. I don't remember it being so 25. I, but. I love, love this movie. Like This might be one of my ten favorite movies of all time, regardless of genre. So for me, this movie came out in 1996. So I was 12. I did not see it in the theater. I was scared shitless of everything when yeah. I was a kid. Like, I did not watch a lot of horror movies. I way caught up, like, high school, college years. I watched all these horror movies. But this is the one that 
I would say really introduced me to horror. Remember back in the day, uh, if you had like DirecTV, all the pay-per-view channels, you could watch the first five minutes of the movie and then it would black out. It's like they yep. would, it was like a free view yeah, just right, so they'd right, get right. you to watch it. So Scream was the perfect movie for this. I would watch the first five minutes over and over <laughs> and over again. And then even I think one time my mom saw me doing that. She's like, if you want to get this, just get the movie. I'm like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I eventually <laughs> did, and I, I loved it. Like To me, at like when you go back and watch it, maybe it's not the scariest movie in the world, but it balances uh, humor with horror. It also references a zillion horror movies, which then you say, oh, that must be good. So then I would go back and watch all the movies that it referenced. Well, what's great is it's Wes Craven, so he's making fun Craven. of himself and yes. everything that yes. it, has come before him, and he so smartly does that and putting it into a, at the time, modern kind of take right. on horror. And I think that was my issue with it. It, was, it wasn't it was so much that Scream was good. It's that all those other movies were good. There was that, like that, and I call it the member berries factor. Scream was also good. I'm it, telling you, uh, the idea of the multiple killers – I think is is genius. They found a way to create a mask, which is not easy to do. We've seen a lot of dumb masks yep. in movies. I thought this mask was good. The idea that the biggest name actress in the movie would die in the first ten minutes, I thought was genius. Like there was a lot of things that they did, and you know, high school too. So it's like another one of those like high school movies. I'll, all these kids all look way older. Right. Like they look yeah. aggressively older. Like Rose McGowan in that movie is like whoa. Rose McGowan and yeah. like thinking that yeah. like Drew, her powers. Drew Barrymore yeah. was also in high school and uh, Skeet Ulrich who played Billy like he was also in high. Didn't look like a high school kid, but regardless, I thought there were uh, enough scares and everything. It, it was just a really good movie. I mean, everybody's seen Scream by now. I don't even mind the damn sequels two, three, and four. But this was <laughs> this was the one. This was the uh, it's a, it's like a fun. Horror movie. I still think there are some scares. Like there's some moments uh, where where it can definitely freak you out a little bit. But I just think this is as good as it gets. Yeah, and there is a lot of uh, kind of whodunit aspect. Uh, Henry right. Winkler's in it, and at one point, yeah, you the think maybe he's it. And the principal. Fa- everybody. Yeah. yeah, you're thinking David Arquette. You're thinking maybe Fawns. he yeah. could be. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's a great whodunit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you're watching, it, you're Courtney trying. To, you're trying to figure out who it is, and then uh, it was great too because they really want you to think that it's Billy, like Billy right. Loomis, played by Skeet Ulrich. They really want you to think it is. And most times in movies, oh, they want me to think it's him, so it's not. Right. Like, no, son of a bitch, it is him, well, and, like, him. and his friend, yeah. and, and his best friend. And I think, I think the other thing, too, is I have, like, this irrational hatred for Matthew Lillard. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. If he's listening, I'm sorry, dude. I just don't Joint? know where it comes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it just, that, that's exactly that's where it comes yeah. from. <laughs> I just point like, it. And, well, I, the other thing, too, like, summer catch, like, he's the worst athlete I've ever oh, seen. Oh, yeah. Real bad. He should not be the catcher. And for a tall, skinny guy, not like, you're catcher. not a catcher. Not a catcher. Go play first base where you, should, not, where you belong. Not a catcher. So anyway, I, lo- I, lo- I love Scream. So number 24. All right. Uh, number 24 is The Others. Ah, oh, The Others. Um, this is, I, you know, Davey said it before about Seven being one of the best movies. The Others, I think, is one of the best movies. Great this is movie. on every yeah. top ten list of shocking twists at the yep. end. Um, it is from 2001. Nicole Kidman and her two kids are living uh, in a home on the island of Jersey just off the British coast. Um, Grace's husband is believed to have been killed in World War II. Uh, you know, at the tail end of World War II, but the communication's tough to get to the island. There's a huge amount of fog that surrounds the the house, um, and but she has some very odd rules for her own house. Right, uh, each of the fifty doors must be locked before another can be opened, and the curtains must always be drawn. Um, the uh, she explains that her kids are allergic to sunlight, and if they're exposed to it too long, they could die. Which apparently is a thing. That is a thing. I looked it up after that movie. After I saw that movie, there's like scientific proof. Like it's a very small percentage of people, but like that's an actual thing. 
Yeah, which I, is it, scary. Well, and, and that makes it scary too. Yeah. But the um, the idea that uh, they're living in this such an odd way inside this home with very little communication, even for post World War II and uh, around the World War II era. But then th- creepy things start happening, to which they start believing that the house may be haunted. They've got these odd servants that they've suddenly brought in that are doing things uh, around the house. And then you know, again, this is from two thousand one. So spoiler alert: um, they there's like a seance at the end, and you find out that oh the the kids and the mom are the ones that are actually the ghosts. They're actually the ones dead. The seance is by people trying to buy the house to Crazy, try and yeah. to try and you know they're trying to figure out get these ghosts out of here so that they can you know sell the property. Um, so that twist that the entire time you're seeing it from the ghost perspective was just so original and unique. And Nicole Kidman's such an amazing actress when she wants to be. When she wants yeah. to be, and so, this is one of those yeah, times. Yeah, so that she pulls it off so well. The, the scene where her husband creepily re- reemerges through the fog and he comes home is just so well done. Um, so yeah, definitely enjoyed the others and would recommend it. It's a, I think it makes a great twenty four. I would even maybe put it a little higher. I think so too. And if you don't like you know blood and gore and like that kind of horror is not for you, this always jumps out at the top. Oh, yeah. I remember before doing the, these episodes, I wanted to get the perspective of uh, the the older the, the the generation before us. So I asked my parents, I was yeah. like, "What's your favorite horror movie?" And this has always been the answer for my mom. Like she loves it. Like she's not going to sit there and watch. Saw or Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street, but she loved the other. Like she, that twist. I think I watched it with her for the first time. Like that twist through like through both of us. We're like, holy shit! I can't believe this is happening. So the others is tried and true, and is just a. Now I wonder if it didn't get as much attention because a Sixth Sense or the Sixth Sense came out maybe a year or two earlier. Yeah, and then, I remember the way it was shot. It was like the same look. And it was yeah. similar, and like the big reveal. Like to me, it was still very impactful, but because they had done it kind of before i feel like it doesn't get the recognition it deserves no like, people don't right. talk about like, like crazy twist endings they're like oh i'm not Shyamalan or all this other bullshit you don't not enough people talk about the others yeah no i agree and i think that um I was actually rereading uh, some reviews on this, and, and a lot of people brought up M. Night Shyamalan and some of the things that he had done with uh, The Sixth Sense. But uh, I think one of the other things that helped the first time I saw this is that I expected nothing out of it. I don't even know. I must have been completely bored because this didn't even necessarily appeal to me. It looks like it would be a boring kind of drama. And um, so anyway, but definitely check out The Others. Absolutely. All right, number 23, uh, The Blair Witch Project, uh, 1990, 1999 found footage movie um 86 on rotten tomatoes 6.4 on on imdb this movie like like rich i was very skittish of horror movies when i was a, a lad yeah um not for me and then when i got to high school uh, i got a little bit more into it you know through you know friends and things like that and so the blair witch project bursts on the scene because they Keep in mind, this is a simpler time where internet existed, but it wasn't used for like research. So it came out that this was like a found footage yeah. movie, and like, I'm not kidding. Like until I saw the movie, like I believe that. Like I, in my mind, I'm like, this is this is real. Like I was going to see like, exactly. a real ghost story. Yeah. Um, the plot is like these three people are are scouring these woods, Pennsylvania woods, looking for the Blair Witch. They're making a documentary. They're students. Yada yada yada. Things go. Horribly wrong. They do, yeah. Um, and the last scene of the movie... That's the one that gets me. ...is the one where the guy is standing in the corner. or it, Yeah, and then the girl's, like, running. And it's all, like, this first-person thing. So, 
A lot of people were complaining of like motion sickness, rightfully so. This because one did some of that. There yeah, is yeah. no five five axis stabilization on any of these cameras. It's just shaking all over the place. So you get a little motion sick. Yeah. And then the last shot, she looks. She's in this basement. She looks and she sees the her friend like standing in the corner. And all of a sudden, you hear like the bang, and then she falls. And the camera falls, and it kind of fizzles. Because they had set it up throughout the movie too, about you know when you meet the witch or whatever, like yeah. what she does to you, and then like the kids are like in the corner like that. And so, then, so I see him. have an awesome story to tell about this. When I, I saw this when I was in high school, and my best friend growing up, Brownie and I went with my brother and his girlfriend at the time. So we wait, wait, your best friend's name is Brownie. Da- Brownie, yeah. Oh, oh Daniel okay, Brown. Sorry. Daniel Brown. We call him Brownie. Buck. So we go and see this movie, and. Uh, my parents had like a finished basement. It was pretty dark, but we had a finished basement and stuff like that. So we all we always hung out down there. And so Brownie and I go in the basement, and we're like, "Oh my god!" Like my brother's girlfriend's name was Alexis. We're, like, we're gonna get Alexis. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna get her. So Brownie goes and stands in the corner, and we have like the track lighting like in here, so you can with a dimmer switch. Oh, so we yeah, dim yeah. the lights as like low as we can get them, but you can still see him, and he's standing in the corner. And she walks down the stairs. And she's like, stop it, Brownie. It's not funny. Like, it's not funny. It's not funny. And he's just standing there. Like, he sold it really well. And I jumped up and I grabbed her. She pissed her pants. Like, she pissed her pants. Like, in my, my, brother, my brother was bullshit at us. He broke up with her immediately. No, he was no. mad at me. He was no, mad I at know, me. I know, like, I know. Yeah. But she was like, there's no fun. And I grabbed, like, bear hugged her from behind. And she, like, legitimately pissed her pants. Literally pissed her pants. And that's where, why we call her peace stain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, number twenty-two. There's, Are you that? You I can't top that. Right. I, can't, I can't top that. I, can't top that. <laughs> I did not pee my pants watching this. Uh, number twenty-two. Let's go old school with it. Dracula. Frankenstein made the list uh, in the last episode today. It is Dracula, nineteen thirty-one. Of course, the ancient vampire Count Dracula arrives in England and begins to prey upon the virtuous young Mina. Now, Lon Chaney was originally going to be Dracula. He was, I think, cast for Dracula. Died. And then so they went with the guy who was performing Dracula on stage, Bela Lugosi, and this sort of made his entire career. And it's just, it's Dracula. And it's vampires. Like, anything that you watch that has vampires today, which is, I guess that's sort of phased out, but it was everything for the longest yep. time. Like, you don't get any of that without Dracula. And just the idea, now this is another one, came out in the 30s, so it's a slower burn, mm-hmm. and it's not a direct Bram Stoker Dracula. It's not that story. Uh, this is actually more like the one I guess they would run on the stage back then. And that's why I think 1992, Francis Ford Coppola did Bram Stoker's Dracula mm-hmm. with Gary Oldman, Keanu Reeves, and, and the crew. But this is just such an I- iconic thing and very smooth. Like the, the character of Bela Lugosi in that scary-ass mansion and just the way that he talks to people and the whole vampire thing. So this this had to be on the list. I'm not saying it's the most rewatchable in the world, but you you need to see it, and it deserves to be on here. Well, and it is classically creepy as well. Um, yes. And it should be mentioned, we have put Nosferatu on our discussion list. We did, yeah. And, and as much as that, the imagery from that film is so fantastic and so eerie and so perfect, and it's still that one's rewatchable just in the uh, in the creep factor as well, because, right. first of all, it's very quick. But, I mean, it was also a silent movie, so whatever you're watching it on, whatever they're playing, it's just been some added music for whoever's putting it out now. Um, but Nosferatu was actually the Dracula story. They just couldn't get the rights to the book. So they created this other character. Um, Dracula from this time period, especially that scene down in the crypt, yeah. when he first comes out of the, the coffin, and you even this is even like a bee coffin. Like There's so much bizarre, weird stuff going yeah. on in that scene yes. that it, 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 you know, it gives you the chills, right? And uh, yeah, Lugosi is fantastic. I mean, He's he, really good. He was only better in Plan 9. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, this one's definitely worth it. And it's also a good introduction. Like I love showing it to my kids because it's a yeah. good introduction to horror 
It's going to scare you, but hormones. it's not yeah. like the stuff exactly. that you can't show. And obviously, kid, like, yeah. everything that bad bad happens happens off camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's implied. A lot of implied stuff. Um, the other thing that we might as well talk about, too, when we talk about Nosferatu, is the movie Shadow of the Vampire with uh, yes. when Willem Dafoe plays the creature mm. or the, in them, and he does... And it's Malkovich and and Willem Dafoe, and it's just like super creepy. It's so well done, and it's it's like yeah. a fake st- making of Nosferatu, yeah, right, yeah. in the castle and all that stuff. And he turns out to actually be a vampire. Yeah, the premise is that he was a vampire because I guess the actor Max Schreck, who is also the guy, the bad guy in Batman Returns. Yeah, they named him after that, but uh, that actor never really did very much before or after this. So the premise of that movie is that, that, that yeah, I he think was dealing with a real vampire. Yeah. I think that was nine years, if I remember correctly, before Dracula. Like it, it was, took him yeah. right. It was twenty two. Yeah, silent. Like, yeah, yeah. All right, number twenty one. Uh, twenty one. Uh, Rosemary's Baby. Now, um, Roman Polanski is a lot of things, uh, but in this one, he uh, created an absolute masterpiece from nineteen sixty eight. Um, this now this is heavy in the era of the sixties, free love and drugs, along with the horror of what's going on in Vietnam, right? Um, but he creates this masterpiece where Mia Farrow and her struggling husband uh, actor. Uh, well, he's struggling at both being a husband and an actor. <laughs> yeah, he's not great. <laughs> this guy, uh, John Cassavetes, who's always great, um, he makes a deal with like the satanic cult um, to allow Satan himself to impregnate his wife Rosemary in exchange for yeah. like fame and fortune as, as an actor. Yeah, his nice neighbors. Yeah, yeah, the nice neighbors, <laughs> the creepy neighbors. Um, and she ends up being drugged in this re- uh, ritualistic breeding scene, I guess you could say, Ugh. and you see it through Rosemary's like glazed, dreamlike eyes. And she wakes up kind of or comes to a little bit as it's happening as this beast is on top of her saying she's saying, you know, this is not a dream. This is really happening. And it's it's horrific as as far as when you think about what's actually going on to this poor girl. But the end of the film, when she's kind of made up her mind that she's going to have to kind of save humanity by killing the offspring of Satan here and she confronts the bassinet. But instead of, you know, taking the child's life, she. The motherly instincts kick in, and she realizes she couldn't possibly kill her own being. And then, Crazy. so just yeah. this incredible ending to this film, so well done, um, and it, like as just a film on top of being a fantastic horror movie. Now, what would you think Mia Farrow would say would be worse, having sex with Satan or Woody Allen? Oh boy, push. Push at this point, right? I mean, maybe they're one and the same to her. Yeah. You think she said this is really happening a few times with Woody? <laughs> Probably. She's like, "What am I doing? Is this this, really this isn't it? really happening. I'm doing my best." She's like, what is? Was she also with Frank Sinatra? Was she married to him at one point? She got around. I think. I think she Hor- did. I think <laughs> she she did. But that movie was was great. She All lives right. around me, by the way. I think she lives in the Farmington Valley in Mia Connecticut. I think there so. you go. All right, let's get into our top twenty now. Top twenty, and like Davey said, with uh, seven. This movie also would be on the very short list of best films, and it also kind of skirts the line of horror or not. I consider it horror. It was on my list, uh, and that's Silence of the Lambs. And I know some people b- believe it's the only horror movie ever to sweep the Oscars, you know, to yep. get best, best film, best actor, best actress, I think best director, best all that. Best supporting year. actor. Best supporting actor? Hopkins was he or is he no he was best no, actor he, he got best actor even but he was only in the movie for like 12 yeah. minutes right yeah which is kind of I thought that was Highlander oh you never <laughs> seen it <laughs> I've never seen it I, I'll have to check it out yeah so Silence of the Lambs uh, again everybody has already seen this movie by now but the Hannibal Lecter character is the one that gets uh, obviously a lot of the attention there's been sequels and everything else and he's a great character he absolutely is but he's not as scary as Buffalo Bill. I mean, oh my Buffalo God. Bill is what's terrifying Wait. in this movie. Wasn't she a great big fat person? That's really good. You're about size 14. 
<laughs> and then, you know, yes, precious. He's going to get the hose again. And he's like, he's got the dog. Precious, like, what'd you do to my dog? Yeah, I can do this all day. It's yeah. great. No, you should. The, yeah. Then just the her and just the don't well. Don't start playing this song. I don't want to see Davey dancing. <laughs> I don't need to see it. Keep the shirt on. Then, you know, tuck it back. That was always a great joke. <laughs> you could tuck it in and then jump out. And There's two ways you could do it. You could do the buffalo billet. Or I stole this from Chris Damaris, Davey. What did you say? Hey, do you want to see where a deer bit me? <laughs> then you pull your pants down to reveal that you've tucked your junk underneath. Yeah. It's a great joke. They're, they're both winners. But this movie is legitimately scary. I mean, you know, Jodie Foster uh, trying to get Buffalo Bill with the night vision is um, horrifying. The scene with the goggles is so Oh, terrifying. my God, when she's reaching out. So scary. And, like, and we talk about this. A lot of video games do that now, yeah. where you can only see through night vision. And this was they were doing this back in 1991. Uh, plus, all the Hannibal Lecter stuff is good. Like, just the, the mental aspect of him talking with Jodie Foster, him talking with some of the other guards. I mean, that scene where he's eating the face off of those guys when he's getting out of there. This is one of the great movies. That, now, and the one that gets me is when he's when he's in the cage in the middle of the room, and they uh-huh. give him his dinner, and then he he takes out that guard. Yeah. And the way he's swinging the baton, it's, oh, like, it's like he's it's, it's like he's conducting a yeah, symphony. Exactly. Yeah. It's oh, so creepy. And now, he's just stone faced. This uh, our list again. The three of us all put together a top fifty list, and then we blended them together. The top eighteen were unanimous. So only eighteen were on all three of our lists. So we'll get to those eighteen coming up, or at least half of that eighteen. So that means somebody didn't put Silence of the Lambs on here. It, I think it was me only don't because... Don't think it's a horror. I, don't, I would not consider it a horror okay. movie. Right. And I think that's the only reason why I didn't. Right. I mean, of course. I mean, that'd be the only reason not to, because obviously it's a great movie. I just think yeah. I consider Hannibal Lecter in that horror icon kind of area. Like, I think he's one of the great villains of that. But I, if... And it's I think we said... thriller, too, I guess. I think it's, we it's said, like, through text, I'm like... If if you put that in a top ten for best horror movies of all time, I wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah, right, right, right. But I just, I and personally, I wouldn't consider it. It's a little bit more than a horror movie. Understand? That makes sense. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. All right. So the la- oh, so go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, the fact that he is a serial killer would be the kind of defining thing that puts it into the category. Yeah, so for me. You're really, yeah, you're dealing with two serial killers in that. Right. So the last movie that was not unanimous comes in at number nineteen. Nineteen, which is American Werewolf in London, um, which was on my list. Mine too. And that was on my list too. I right. think. Never mind. Nineteen were unanimous. This <laughs> okay. now begins the unanimous list. So, so no, this was definitely on mine. Which is cra- which is crazy because if you look at how this movie was made, it was directed by John Landis in 1981. Who his two previous movies were The Blues Brothers and Animal House. Yep. And then he makes American Werewolf in London. So like obviously one of the best parts about this movie, and I didn't realize it until I was old enough to get it, but it's it's pretty funny. It's it, real funny. It's hilarious, and yeah. it's so uh, so fun. In it's fact, a fun if, horror movie. If I yeah. could put in any horror movie just to throw it in and on a Saturday it. night, if I'm, if I'm home by myself, it would probably be this one. So your uh, scream, or my scream, is your American Werewolf in yeah. London. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think one of the, the most iconic scenes, obviously, is when David is, he transforms for the first time like in the living room, and that was- Holy uh, smokes, yeah. Was it Baker? Baker, did, yes, Baker Baker's did that? production company, and, yeah. I remember seeing that as a little kid and just being like, that's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Because in my mind, with no CGI, they look so real. And it just looks so... And he wound up doing like the thriller thing. Baker wound up doing he, the thriller yeah. video. Well, because Landis that. directed that as well. Right. Yeah. So it, it was just mind-blowing to yeah. watch that 
happen in front of you because usually it would happen. You would see like a shadow and then the, oh, the thing coming out of his hands. Well, that, that, but also you see the hair come out, and, and like, all they did was they pulled the hair backwards and they just ran the video backwards. I mean, right. it's amazing. It's like a cl- it's a film class in it special is. effects. It is. And then it started like thinking, like coming out of his like his mouth and everything like that. And the, it was just the creepiest scene ever. But just but just a fun movie. I mean, you you obviously you agree, but like just like a yeah. fun movie to yeah. watch. And if you're doing a study on horror and uh, how horror and humor are kind of like. Weave in and out. The oh, absolutely, but also, yeah. I mean, it kind of touches a little bit. And it's a completely different movie. But what we talked about uh, with Last House on the Left, you had almost had to have these nights, of, uh, these moments of levity to get you through the horrible things right. that are going on. Now, this is obviously done very differently. But the idea, like you just said, to have horror and comedy. You know, the naked American man snow my balloons. Um, <laughs> but but then uh, Landis said he wanted to create something uh, in horror that had never been done before. And by doing the scene in the light of the room, yeah. where he's being created. There's no darkness to hide anything. You're sitting there watching the whole right. thing happen right in front of you, and that's what makes it a huge landmark movie. And we had to have a werewolf movie on here. You Which, can't have yeah. a list of top 50 without a werewolf that, and movie. And if, if, if I were to pick one, there's two werewolf movies that I stand by, and this is this is one of them. We'll get yeah. to the other one a little the bit. Other? Oh, yeah. Save it. Save it. Save it. Uh, so number 18 bucks. So, now again, these are all unanimous. Now, this is before you get to this movie, I just wanted to say – I was shocked how high this ranked, but I understand the ranking system. Again, if all three of us have it, boom, there's your top now 19 movies. But this, I'm guessing we all had low 40s. This might have been my number 50 movie. So I feel like it deserves to be on here. I have no problem with it being on here, but it just feels shockingly high to me. It, it does seem a little high, especially after uh, in rewatch. But 1987's Hellraiser, um, it certainly deserves to be on the list. It was it was very unique as as far as the the S and M chains and gore and very uh, violently looking monsters like Pinhead. Yeah, yeah. that image um, alone is like kind of what I think this movie is riding on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, but it's it, you can talk about a three man weave. The storyline here is that you have a guy who is uh, uh, a sexual deviant, and he goes out and basically. Uh, from an Asian market buys this cube. It's a puzzle cube, and he goes home into his house, and he's ready to get freaky. And he does the puzzle cube. It's supposed to take him to a dimension where um, S and M is like you give you the ultimate sexual pleasure, right? Hello. Yeah, right. So, but what ends up happening is he takes him to a dimension he's expecting to go where it's a bunch of women, and he he goes to a place where it's these demons who basically are going to torture him for the rest of his life or eternity. Cenobites, or what are they called? So, yeah, yeah, cenobites, right? Yeah. So they get um he gets torn apart by chains and like hooks, and then so he dies, and then his brother and his brother's wife, the wife who he's he had been having an affair with, right, show up at the house, and then. Uh, they, through a freak accident, find out that a little bit of blood will help revive this guy out of the attic floor. And so the um, ex-girlfriend, uh, you know, that he was the sister-in-law, is now charged with going out and finding guys and bringing them back and murdering them up in the thing so that this guy can be recreated. Um, so the story's a little convoluted, but the whole idea of this demonic uh, dimension where these uh, Cenobites come and, and, you know, they'll tear you apart. They, supposedly, they're supposed to have gotten so far uh, into pleasure through S and M that they don't know uh, the nice. difference anymore. Nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, which is <laughs> my wife. Um, so, but yeah, so that they, uh, they do uh, have just a visual different type yeah. of horror, especially for its time. So um, that's why this ended up uh, kind of on, uh, on all of our lists, right. but maybe not necessarily should be in the 18 spot. Maybe not. However, seventeen. However, seventeen. I, I think. I think we can. We can all agree. The Conjuring, again, kind of a new kid on the block, but a movie that um, just did a really good job with you know possession and like ghost stories. And the the two people that um, 
that Patrick Wilson and uh, for for Mig for Miglia Vera Farminga Farmiglia, <laughs> um, the two they're actual people. They're real they're, people. They're my real sister people. had the 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 guy. I forget his name right from now. From Connecticut, he's right? passed. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. my sister's actually been to a couple of the talks because the, the the husband has died. The wife is still alive, and she'll go and do these certain things. And my sister has talked to her like a few times and says she's like the nicest lady in the world, but has these incredible stories. Yeah. And like mostly like, these have like this is based off a true story. Conjuring Two is based mm-hmm. as crazy as it is. You can look it up. That's also based. Was the hunting a true story. in Connecticut also one of their. I Probably so. was like yeah, they, they brought so. them in on everything. Like I think they even consulted with them on like the Amityville horror. Like they consult like these right. these people yeah. are are off the charts. And it's just it's it's a great horror slash like ghost slash supernatural story, um, involving you know a family who moves into this house and it's they're going to make it their dream house and it's that whole horror movie thing again. But then you know you come to find out that the previous inhabitants were uh, up to no good. You know <laughs> they, so, they really were. They were. They're a bunch of rascals. And uh, so they bring in this couple to come in and, and check the place out from a uh, from a supernatural standpoint. And just the shit hits the proverbial fan. Um, and you get uh, your introduction to Annabelle in this yes. movie, The Doll. Yes. Um, who is a... She a, has her own movies. She has her own movies. Franchise. She's, yeah. But yeah that, right? And, she and does, that yeah. was part of the like the craziest thing about this movie to me. I saw it in the theater and the great jump scares. And at one point, my wife, my wife went... Um, there was like this big jump scare in the movie, and she went dead silent theater. She went, "Oh fuck!" Like in the movie, <laughs> and like everyone turned and laughed at her. So that was good. Um, we had brought, I think we had brought some nips. We went. That's what you got to do. Rich Keith it all the way to the Rich theater. That's like, right. Yeah. Dead silent. Smooth move. Oh, f- oh f- <laughs> always gives me a hard time about that until we get in there and are doing. Yeah. And then she's like, "Oh, this is great. This yeah. Is, this is making the movie." So, uh, great, great, uh, just a straight up horror movie. Yeah. Um, great performances by the cast. Uh, and something you should definitely check out. And if you uh, don't see Annabelle. Skip it. I didn't hate it. You didn't hate it. I didn't hate the first Annabelle. I don't know if I saw the second one or not yet. The the Conjuring universe is what they're calling it. Is like I think it's close to like a billion dollars it's made. Oh yeah, it's People like the, it's the highest movies. grossing movie franchise of all time now. I think I'm not no, even ki- I'm not, not even kidding. Star Wars, bro. I'm not. R, it might be like R rated. No, I'm like no, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm honest to god. No, like, there's some there's at, some number on it. I got I got you. No, if you look at like straight revenue, like movie money. Yeah. Monies they've made from the movie, actual paper dollars, Pro- actually paper profit. dollars. Profit. <laughs> I'm gonna look. Profit. I'm gonna Google it while you do the next one. Now, James, that's also our board. James Wan. Yeah, it's really it's great. All right, number sixteen. I would have this movie in the top three or four as far as scariest is concerned, but it ranks top sixteen uh, horror movie. The Ring came out in two thousand and two. A journalist, Naomi Watts, must investigate a mysterious videotape which seems to cause the death of anyone in a week of viewing it. And this obviously was inspired by uh, Ringu, a Japanese movie. And I think the premise alone sounds kind of stupid. But when you watch the movie, it ends up being terrifying. Like, it literally made the phone ringing scary. Right. Because you watch this movie, you watch this tape, you pop in a VHS tape, you watch this kind of very weird, like a lot of weird imaging, kind of unsettling stuff going on there. And then within seven days, you get a call. Or no, you get a call right after. It says seven days. And then seven days from there, you die. Again, sounds kind of wonky, but there's something about it that is terrifying. The little girl in the well, is it Samara, whatever her name is? Samara, yeah. Like, that is scary shit to me. And then she comes out of the TV. Again, talking about it makes it sound less scary than it is. (laughs) It really does, but I was terrified the first time I saw this. I remember this is one I saw in the theater, and I was just, for weeks, you know, the phone would ring. And this is also you got to remember, 
2002, I guess there was caller ID, but not everywhere. Like, you still had a lot of house phones and a lot of that caller shit. Caller ID. <laughs> Wait, what's it say on caller ID? <laughs> right, exactly. But uh, the, the ring was really, really scary to me. And what if you, what if you just don't answer the phone? I think they're still going to go ahead and get you in seven days. They're going to go ahead and get you, I whether you get whether you pick it, where you let it go to voicemail. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, I will. I will correct <laughs> myself too and say that like I was dead wrong about that. I think correct. it's the the highest grossing horror franchise. That makes of all more time. sense. Yeah. Although, because I'm looking like no, that makes sense. That it, it's like you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like over nine <laughs> <But> even, trillion dollars. <laughs> I'm like, even oh, through, maybe you're all right. Twelve Friday the Thirteenth and still beat it. Yeah, because I don't crazy. think people saw those in theaters. Yeah. I think that was like a video thing. You know. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you don't account for inflation, like just these movies alone, like Conjuring yeah. makes over a hundred million dollars. Like that's going to smash a lot of the Friday movies. So this is the number fifteen we're on, right? Yes. Is um, let the right one in, and I would say well, this is all on our list. But yes. it was like kind of in the in the middle. Um, for me, I think I put it up in like the top five. Um, just an, a, a vampire movie set in, I think, is it Norway or is it Finland? I forget. I think it's Finland. It's a Scandinavian country. Scandinavian country um, where it's dark all the time. So you have like that 30 days of night aspect to it. Um, a young outcast um, uh, becomes friends with a new inhabitant of his apartment complex, this young young girl uh, who turns out to be a vampire, um, and they and they have a little adventure together. And that, and that but it's better than that. It's it, obviously it's way better than how I'm describing it because there are certain themes in here. Like the the girl vampire is clearly way older right. than she lets on. Uh, right. She has this ward, this guy who protects her and gets her food and blood. Um, <laughs> and then blood. Uh, he. In order to save her, sacrifices himself, so the, the the young boy then becomes the new partner to to this vampire. Yeah, and it's it's a wonderful story that deals with themes of like you know, uh, depression and like uh, abusive relationships and abandonment and like all these things, but wrapped into like a an isolation, but wrapped into like a, a vampire story. Um, Maybe and- the best vampire movie ever. Right like up, you like, make honestly, that argument yeah. like absolutely like absolutely it has to be up there and again one of the great things about it is like most of the violence happens off screen mm-hmm. uh there are there are disturbing images but the actual um biting of the neck of the vampire she doesn't ever she does it a couple times like towards the end but in the beginning you never see her attack anybody and then there's that horrible scene at the end with the kid they're trying to drown the kid the bullies are trying to drown the kid and then he's still under the water and you can see like all these kids like getting dragged around and like yeah. ripped apart and that's just like that's a fucking scary yeah scene. no i i loved this movie and i even awesome. enjoyed i really enjoyed the the remake the american um yeah, which let, is good let, is it, me it's, let, let me in yeah let with me chloe in. moretz yeah, yeah. chloe moretz is, is tremendous at yeah. it and not as good as the original no the oh. original is definitely better in this case but mm-hmm. either one i think you could watch and you could uh Get that, the point and enjoy the hell yeah, out of it. And that kid, Cody Smith McPhee or something, who's just a creepy-looking kid. Smitty. And then it's we call him Smitty. The, uh, the, the father from Stepfathers. Isn't he the uh, yes. He's the guy. He's the, the, he's the guy who's, yeah. All right, Buck, number 14. Number 14. This is um, The Cabin in the Woods. Uh, another movie that we talked a little bit about last show, too, that got a lot of inspiration from H.P. Lovecraft. Um, this is 2011, Joss Whedon and uh, Drew Goddard Project. Um a bunch of teens, uh, mainly Chris Hemsworth and his uh, female friends, uh, Kristen Connolly and Anna Hutchinson, um, are out doing the typical cabin in the woods horror movie where they're going to go get slaughtered out in the middle of the woods. 
Um, what makes the, this so unique and so terrific is the twist that everything's being orchestrated by basically a corporation. And you see guys in this office pool making side bets on what's going to happen and how things are going to play out. And then they start manipulating the odds by, you know, the, the great scene where they're like, uh, let's let's all, you know, let's split up and figure out what's going on. They go, what are you, nuts? Let's all stick together. And then they, like, release this gas and they go, no, maybe we should split up. And it has has uh, a little bit of Evil Dead in it with the whole basement thing. I would say it, that whole uh, shack looks exactly like Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So and it, it's got all these uh, uh, horror tropes in it, including the the portion later in the movie where the, the, the two people that have survived end up kind of invading the corporation. And you see all these... The chambers where all these creatures are. That part's from, amazing. From all amazing. these different horrors. Yeah. The only thing that bummed me out about that was that you felt like it was your typical, we don't have the rights to any of these characters, so we can't actually include them, but it, imagine had they been a little Generic bit, version yeah, of... They were, they, yeah, they were, they, were, they were the grocery store generic version of... It was you know. your mountain lightning, baby. It was, <laughs> it was my mountain... Dr. Thunder. <laughs> so, so uh, but then you you end up finding out that Sigourney Weavers, who's who's like the boss trying to make sure that this goes through, because you don't want to have to deal with the ancient ones if we don't have these sacrifices. Yeah. Um, and then again, you're, you're kind of... It's almost like a Rosemary's Baby thing at the end. Do you decide to... Off yourself to save humanity, or are you going to go, you know, and, and become the sacrifice? And they they decide instead they're they're going to, you know, not become sacrifices. And then the the, the ancient ones end up kind of winning at the end. They end up coming coming back. Did and you I like th- the ending? I did, okay. and I, I did because, like you said, in that scene in the office when the shit hits the fan, and like all these monsters are everywhere, and they're like tearing shit up. Like I thought that was awesome. But the best thing about this movie is like you know with Whedon and Drew Goddard uh, who. Wrote the movie in three days, and then Drew Goddard got to go like to direct it. Whedon produced it. Whatever they wanted to like revitalize like the the whole slasher movie thing. And what a cool way to do it to like it's almost like a satire of the thing. Like you need like in every slasher movie, there's the idiot friend who's like the stoner, yeah. and then you have like, it's like the a modern day girl. scream. Yeah, I know it's all coming back to scream, yeah. but yeah, kind of right. in a way it is because they're they're living in a world. That's the other thing I wanted to say about Scream. It was the first movie that recognized other horror movies. Yeah. You know, like that had not happened before. Exactly. Like you were like you just you lived in your own bubble. I'd never seen Freddy. I'd never seen Jason. And so Cabin in the Woods does the same thing, where they're all aware of the tropes, even yep. if they fall right into them. Absolutely. And I caught I caught myself thinking, too, like while they're like uh, with Bradley Whitford, he's like the guy in the control room. Yeah. And they're like, how cool would it be to like work for that company and just be like, oh shit, I wanted to see the merman. I wanted <laughs> right. to see the merman. Yeah. You wanted you know the merman I mean? the whole guy. Yeah. And then he got eaten by the merman. Well, and that's. Yeah. What, now, <laughs> Bradley sweet, Whitford sweet irony. and Richard Jennings, the, you know, the, who's the dad and stepfathers mm-hmm. uh, or stepbrothers, right? Um, yeah, he's in both of these. Is is um, they make it so much fun, but then there's also this level of when things start to get serious where they get a little nervous. It's and, real, and too. it makes you get nervous yeah. because you're like, wait a minute, this these are supposed to be the kind of the comic relief of this film. So and which was cool. Could... And then they had Sigourney Weaver show up, and they didn't advertise that she was in the movie at all. No, exactly. she walks in the room. Like, oh you're shit! Like, this just brought shit. Yeah. we got real now. Do you consider this a comedy horror or a horror comedy, or is, is comedy not even on there? Because none of us are, I shouldn't say none of us, but Shaun of the Dead, for example. Right. Yep. Spoiler alert, did not make our list at all. So it's not in the top, what have we gotten through? But that's a, that's a comedy horror movie. Right. Agreed. So we all agree on that. And yeah. So that's why you're not going to find this. This is more horror than it is comedy. Yes. Okay. That's what but I think. it's that's like 60 40. Whereas it's Shaun, of the, Shaun of the Dead is like 40 60. It's, right. it's the exact yeah. opposite. Or maybe even 70 30. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like it might even be more. So because I know we might get some uh, tweets or emails about Shaun of the Dead, but that is not on there. Cabin in the Woods is. Now we get on to number 13, The Thing. 
From 1982, a research facility in Antarctica comes across an alien force that can become anything it touches with 100% accuracy. The members must now find out who's human and who's not before it's too late. Now, this is a John Carpenter movie. I think Carpenter even himself said this is his favorite movie that he directed, which is crazy because he obviously did Halloween. But this was one that sort of it took a while for people to really like it. This came out the same day as Blade Runner, which I think also did not do particularly well early on critics-wise. And it came out, I think, weeks after E.T., which is obviously a different spin on it. The guys on Mac and Goo were talking about this, too, how an alien movie comes out, now another alien movie comes out, and you're like, well, okay. And then people also (laughs) thought it was too gory. Like That was one of the big knocks against it at first, was that it was too gory. I was watching this the other night, or re-watching it the other night, and I'm like, I think we're just so desensitized to it because I'm watching like it's not really that gory like at all. Like there's no. obviously those scenes where the alien is becoming the dog and like the face is getting peeled back and there's some weird images like that, but I don't think it's gory. A lot of bloody shaking tentacles and stuff like that. A lot right? of stuff you like that. I mean? right. Now the movie opens up where a plane, you know, they're in Antarctica and there's a plane flying, you know, t- maybe a hundred feet off the ground. And they're trying to shoot a dog. And I'm saying, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, don't shoot that dog. Like, what are you doing? And they're trying to shoot this, this husky dog. Then it survives. But then it's later on in the movie where you realize what those guys were doing and how maybe it wasn't a dog. And so just another twist. I happen to like this movie more than Alien. Like, I know that might be a sacrilege. Right. But no. I think this might be the best Alien movie. I think it's cool. It takes place in Antarctica. Well, how great is Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell is awesome in this. Rowdy Roddy Piper. No, not right. no, 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 he's not. That's it lives. No. Shit. No, they live. They live. Or whatever the hell that's. I've embarrassed Jack. myself. I've embarrassed all of you. <laughs> I can clean all that out in post. But what, shit. What about though? Did you see the 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 prequel the thing that just came out you know a few years ago that leads up? Oh, what, to what's, this. What's I didn't so, see that. Oh, you have to watch that because what happens is. I think. What's right? that? 2011. I think yeah, it was like yeah. It came a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah. So, but it's a prequel movie. It's also called The Thing, but it leads up to that very scene with the wolf. So the movie oh, ends cool. with the plane, oh, and then the movie goes to credits. Now, this might be the best remake of all time, considering uh, The Thing from Another World came out in 1951, and it's sort of based off of that, although that, I think, took place in the Arctic. This is Antarctica. But also, the cool thing about Antarctica... It's nitpicking, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. If you look through, there's a lot of... You can go down this uh, internet wormhole, like Aliens and Antarctica. Yep. Like, there's a lot there. Like, I don't think it's random that they chose this. Or it's not random why, like, Alien v. Predator took place in Antarctica. Like, there's some there's some different things there. How about this? Antarctica is the only place in the world with only a north coast. Wrap what? your head around that. What? Wrap your head around that. Uh, so, The Thing. The Thing, yeah. <laughs> number 12. Uh, number 12. Um, so, this is Carrie, and we talked a lot about this on our episode uh, with Stephen King. So, we don't want to de- delve too much into this. But um, it is from 1976, Brian De Palma's masterpiece, uh, based on the Stephen King um, novel. Uh, you know, they're all going to laugh at you. Is, it was a big part of yeah. uh, of the uh, kind of the, the the movie and the kind of the the reaction afterwards. Um, Sissy Spacek, uh, John Travolta, Nancy Allen, William Cat from The Greatest American Hero, P.J. Souls, they're all in this. It's a great mm-hmm. like. It's almost like a um, uh, Breakfast Club squad of of talent from that time period. Um, and you know it's it's really sad and, and terrible story about this poor girl Carrie. She's a very frail little. Uh, she's becoming a woman. She, you know, the movie starts with her getting her period, uh, and the teens are basically tricking her into being the prom queen without knowing she's got these kinetic powers that right. will ultimately kill them all. Um, my favorite thing about Carrie still is that finale, that that final shock at the end, 
Uh, you know, we've named so many great ones that have happened, but this one catches you really off guard. The way this one is filmed, it, 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 it's so De Palma-like. And to have that jump scare and happen happen so like smoothly right. is it, with the with the way the music kind of immediately erupts off the soft like you know dreamlike music that's going on and then you wake up and she's screaming like in the hospital almost like it's in, she's in a mental institution just fantastic yeah, Car- Carrie not yeah not enough can be said about that movie great movies but number eleven um, twenty eight days later hot take best zombie movie ever made I'm gonna say it right now no, I'm we, gonna say it right now we may- that's fine. I'm going to say it right now because <laughs> honestly, I don't hate that, but I'm just, uh, we may have one in the top 10, but go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we do. No, we definitely do. But, but <laughs> I don't, I don't hate this take. I don't, I don't. hate this. T- and yeah. the only reason is because how do you, you have your how do you zombie improve movie. upon it? Cause yeah, it, how do you improve, improve upon, upon it? it? And how do you make yeah. zombies scarier? Right. You make them fucking fast. Make them move. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Cause right. the, the whole thing with like zombies is like in like, uh, night, uh, return of the living dead or like dawn of the dead. Like, you can like look at a zombie and be like, "Ooh!" And then or even walk the away when you're watching the walk. Yeah, you can watch yeah. them like they don't. Yeah. yeah, you can just like give them a Stay little shimmy your toes, shake. You're gonna be fine. Yeah, a little yeah. stiff arm and you're good. These are like they call it like the rage virus. It's not even they're like they're dead, but it's like this virus that is going through uh, Britain, which is an island, and they're trying to contain it. So there's like that uh, the military aspect of it. But you know, you have uh, Kill- uh, Killen Murphy who's waking up 28 days later from a coma, realizing that this virus has spread. Um, and it took 28 days for this virus to completely infect Britain. Um, and it's just, you know, your zombie horror survival movie. But Jesus, a, a fast zombie to me, like just scary. And Terrifying. like the red, the blood yeah. red oh, eyes. Great, great. And all that stuff. Especially the scene in the tunnel. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Did you ever read The Stand? Stephen King's The Stand has a scene that he's going through the Lincoln Tunnel. This was the closest thing that I had yeah. seen because they didn't do it very well in the miniseries. But that t- horrifying. But what about the scene where the uh, – the 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 father, uh, the older guy with the beard, yep. and um, he's he looks up and that drop of blood, yeah, and it get- lands right in his eye, and yeah. you, and you just Ugh. go and you immediately go, shit, <laughs> yeah. like I really like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Walking Dead completely stole the entire premise of the the comic and the TV show from this movie, which exact same which thing is, happened. But like again, exactly. and then you find out at the end of this movie that the the scariest people left alive are like the army guys yeah like we're not even worried about right. zombies we have to worry about these guys yeah. now with it's like guns. dealing with a frat group you know but yeah fraternity exactly but that to, in my mind and uh who's the the guy who plays like the head uh um the army guy Fuck, i forget but he's in uh sergeant slaughter no 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 no, no. it's the guy from colonel uh, kushner <laughs> he he is the um the woodworker in uh tw- uh gone in 60 seconds and he's the bad guy in thor the dark world uh, you know who I'm talking oh, about? Skarsgård? No no no, 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 no. He's a good guy. Come on. I'm gonna come. Hang on. Don't what don't the? don't leave me yet. <laughs> All right. Let me recap the list while you look that up. All right. Thirty through eleven. Uh, number thirty, The Babadook. Twenty nine, It Follows. Twenty eight, seven. Twenty seven, Audition. Twenty six, Friday the Thirteenth. Twenty five, Comically Low. Scream. Twenty four, The Others. Twenty three, The Blair Witch Project. Twenty two, Dracula. 21, Rosemary's Baby. 20, Silence of the Lambs. 19, An American Werewolf in London. 18, Hellraiser. 17, The Conjuring. 16, The Ring. 15, Let the Right One In. 14, The Cabin in the Woods. 13, The Thing. 12, Carrie. 11, 28 Days Later. And the main Christopher Eccleston, who you would know him, Richard, from a show called The Leftovers. He played Matt Jameson. In the leftovers? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
So you know him. I, yep. do, I, I know him. I know, who you're, I know who you're talking about. Guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, where can the people follow you guys on Twitter if they want to complain about your list? Uh, Uncle Buck W E I. Anything and else you want to plug, Uncle Buck? Uh, well, we're working on our next episode of um, of uh, Boston Sports 101, BS 101. This one's going to be the 2003 Patriots full season. Nice. Uh, kind of starting, actually, at the end of the 2001 championship, uh, what happened a little bit in 2002, and then all the way through the 2003. And then the WEEI podcast, that folder there is where you can find Boston Sports 101. Oh, for God's sake. And if you <laughs> want to follow me and say nice things to me on Twitter. Only nice things. Only nice baby. things. Please. Uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and if you, if you have a problem with my list, I cordially invite you the evites coming out later this week to go and f yourself you can say that here you're allowed to you can, all right so the i'll yeah. send out an evite a formal invitation for you to go fuck yourself okay uh you can also let us know what you think uh at dork podcast i will only forward the good ones on to ryan the, the bad ones i can stomach myself dork podcast at gmail.com we're on youtube as well youtube.com slash dork podcast you can uh, subscribe, rate, and review on the iTunes. It's all deadly. We know these lists can be very controversial. So please hit us up with the Twitter and the email. And next week, next week we will be back. It'll be the top ten. You can probably figure out which ones are in there. We're also going to have some of our uh, O missions or bro missions, <laughs> some of the ones that made our individual lists but didn't make the group list. So we'll do all of that next week. Thanks again for listening to Hashtag Dork.